Welcome back to New Rain, the Two Lights podcast. Um, my name is Sumeya and this is Asil. Um, and today's episode is one that we are actually like re-recording um, because a few months ago, I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was that September. Was, that was, a, oh dang, that was a long time ago. Yeah, we tried to kind of film on this topic and then we like hated the episode after. So we're going to hope it goes a little bit better this yeah. time. Um, so as I mentioned, today's topic is how to deal with hardships, how we've learned to deal with things in our lives that aren't like the most ideal circumstances. Um, and just like how, I guess we have grown, what we've learned to do, what not to do. And then of course, just like the overarching Islamic way of dealing with hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, so Asil, I want to ask you what is your typical, like, response to dealing with something that happens in your life? And how has it, like, changed? How has it become better? And then, like, what are things that you feel like you have learned not to do or that you still need to, like, work on when you're dealing with these hardships? So, essentially, how do you deal with hardships? Yes. Like, what's your response? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just summing it the up. The condensed version. <laughs> yeah. um, so, whenever I'm, like, going through a hardship, whatever that might be, I tend to do a lot of self-reflection. I'm that type of person, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I'm that type of person that if I have a problem or issue, I tend to deal with it alone, Mm -hmm. Um, which might not be the most ideal. Um, We all have room to grow, part of my New Year's resolutions, I guess, but um, I tend to deal with my hardships alone or kind of just like, I just spend a lot of time reflecting and thinking, how can I improve a situation? That's just the type of person I am. I'm very like linear, logical thinking, like, how can I improve this? What can I do to make it better? How can I help myself through this? Um, but I've come to realize over the years that going, when you're going through a hardship, it's better not to do it alone. It's okay to ask for help. And I think that's something that, um, has taken me a while to realize um, personally, my family and I, we've gone through a lot of grief in the last, like, since 2018, 2019, and so, like, going through that from a really young age and just, like, re-experiencing it over and over and over again, I've learned that when I console others, it helps kind of, like, heal myself, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So, to sum it up, during a hardship, I tend to do a lot of self-reflection. I try to bring myself closer to God because we tend, as humans, whenever we fall to our lowest, we end up going to God asking for help Mm -hmm. um so I tend to do that a lot um and just make sure I force myself to surround myself with other people and like be around people because when you isolate yourself especially when you're at your lowest of lows it only makes it worse you know I think it's so crazy how like um and I think this episode is and it's I feel like it's gonna tie into a lot of our previous episodes but um I think it's really crazy how when you are going through stuff and then you like hang out with people just, like, the complete shift in, like, demeanor mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, at least for me, I know for a fact, like, when I am, like, upset about something or something, I don't know, I tend to be kind of moody sometimes and stuff, but when something is wrong and then I, like, hang out with, like, my friends, it just, it, like, uplifts you and it makes you feel better. And so going back to, like, the Friends podcast, I mm-hmm. guess, it's so important to, like, find those people that make you feel better when yeah. you're going through stuff or even even if they don't know that they're doing that I feel like yeah. just finding those people that you're comfortable um around so I guess my answer to the question that I asked you earlier um whenever I'm going through something I I also feel like I tend to like keep it inside like 
I feel like people have to force it out of me if I want to talk about yeah. anything. Um, but talking about it obviously always makes things so much better. I don't know why I'm always so stubborn about it at first, but yeah, so I tend to keep it a lot in my head. I'm also just like an overthinker and then that plus anxiety just, you know, <laughs> not the best combo. Um, but my response, I feel like it depends on the severity of the hardship, obviously, but I'm the kind of person that when something happens, it like consumes me in a way momentarily. I'm not going to yeah. say it does forever or anything like that, but, um, definitely in the moment it can feel like, <laughs> you know, the world is ending and everything is just failing and, you know, it just be, it just like really like takes over my mm-hmm. thought processes and my feelings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I feel like when that happens, you just have to like redirect your focus. Yeah. Um, like there's been so many times where something really negative happens and then a few weeks later I look back and I'm just like, okay, well, I am perfectly fine now and that event really hasn't affected me beyond like that one or two days that I was really yeah. going through it, you know? So I think redirecting your focus is a huge thing that I have to consciously work on doing. And mm. I, I do that. Like I have to, I have to really just be like, okay, like shift your perspective. This is not the end of the world. Um, yeah. So I don't know, I guess I don't necessarily have like a typical response again, like mm-hmm. praying and like all that stuff, of course, is really huge. I also take pictures of myself when I cry. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it just, I'm, like I'm telling you, it just makes you laugh at yourself and then you see it in your camera roll like a week later and you're like, Oh, I'm fine now. I'm perfectly fine. So I think that this is going to be one of those episodes where we might have two completely different perspectives because the type of hardships that we have faced, like you're talking about hardships that you can just get over. I'm talking about hardships that kind of like they change you as a person and they last and they last forever. And, and like, I'm going to be specifically talking about grief because that's really the hardship that I've faced. You know, okay, sure. There's like stress as being a high schooler and this and that, but like to me, compared to everything else that I face, that's, like, the most impactful thing. Yeah. So, like, while, yes, like, looking back at it, it's like, oh, that's not a big deal to me. I'm like, wow, I looked back upon that, and I know that I could totally fall into that again. Mm-hmm. Because grief is a, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. It's not yeah. linear. It's not, like, you can look back and, like, oh, I remember when I was, like, crying over something silly. Because, like, right. losing someone you love isn't silly. Yeah. You know, so this is going to be one of those episodes where, like, we're going to have two completely different, like, severe, like, cases of things. And... Don't get me wrong, I'm not diminishing any hardships whatsoever, but I'm just saying there's different types. Yes. You know, so absolutely. if you can relate more to Samaya, that's great. And if you can relate more to me, that's also perfectly fine, you know? Well, this will be really interesting, though, because yeah. I feel like in most of our episodes, or in all of them, it's like we have, like, the same or very, very similar viewpoints about mm-hmm. things. But, yeah, like, you're right. Today is, like, it's just, it like, different, different perspectives, which is nice. I like that. I thought about it when we first were talking about hardship. I was like, okay, but hardship can be such a variety of things. You can talk about academic hardship or, like, grief or um, I don't know what else, like, There's whatever so mental health issues you might be going through. And while we definitely have faced similar things, like, I have definitely haven't faced certain problems as somebody has faced and vice versa, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that's so tricky about, like, hardships in general it's like such an overarching term Mm -hmm. and it encompasses a lot of different things and for some people like a certain thing might be like the worst thing that they've ever faced and it's so difficult for them but then for other people that thing is like so minor you know and so I think that's 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 what's kind of tricky about 
when you're talking about hardships, it's like there's so many, like you said, there's so many different types and then people have different tolerances to each one too. So, um, yeah, it's kind of... Like, it's crazy. Like, whenever... I don't know. Like, I'm that type of person that... Not necessarily out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to say that at all. But, like, at the same time, I will definitely push my problems away. Like, I do that Mm. a lot. Like, if something's hurting physically, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. If there's... (laughs) She gave me an eye roll, guys. (laughs) If there's something, like, emotionally, I just distract myself with other things. And I think that's something, regardless of the type of hardship you're facing, you shouldn't do that. I feel like not necessarily zone in only on that issue, but sooner or later, you do have to address it. Right. And I think that's something that I'm different with too is Mm -hmm. like especially if it's like an emotional mental thing Mm -hmm. it's like constantly in my head so there's no way for me to really like completely just dissociate from it because I feel like it then just like guides everything else in that moment for me yeah and like I try to just be like okay let me like think about something else or do something else but at the end of the day it's still there you know what I mean so um and something else that Asita and I were talking about, and this is a slight tangent, but you were talking about different types of hardships, mm-hmm. and you were talking about, like, you know, whether it's, like, physical or, like, mental health related or grief or whatnot, and I think that, um, and this could be a whole other episode on its own, but something, you know, about mental health, and this is a huge stigma, I feel like, in the typical, like, quote-unquote, like, Islamic slash, like, Arab world, mm-hmm. is that so many people will use the argument of like well if your faith is good then you can't go through mental health difficulties yeah right which is like right it's like such a false statement or they'll say like oh if you're depressed like just like work on your faith now of course like working on your faith and and stuff it gives you hope and Mm -hmm. it gives you a better understanding of your purpose in life and so it, it will inherently help but if you have like a mental health issue you know, a mental health disorder, certain things like that, like, you don't, it's not just, like, oh, it's, it's your faith that's lacking, like, and, and you'll hear that from so many people, and it's just incorrect, yeah, it's just, like, completely incorrect, so let us know if y'all want, like, an episode on that, we'll see, we'll see, yeah, we can definitely do a comparison on that, you know, you're allowed to have whatever issues that you're facing, you know, and faith it does definitely encompass, it's a lifestyle, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is, like, your faith determines your mental health. That's not the case whatsoever. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And that's something that, so I've been, well, I actually have finished reading this book. Um, and if you guys have been listening for a while, you'll know, like, in our first few episodes, we quoted Yasmin Mugahed's Reclaim Your Heart so many times. And that's just because we really loved the book. Yeah. Um, but I just started, or finished, sorry, I just finished reading her most recent book, I believe. It's called Healing the Emptiness. And that book is it's literally all just, like, how to deal with hardships and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that she really emphasized on was the fact that in the Quran, um, and throughout prophetic history, like, all of these prophets were, they were given severe tests to deal with, they had so many hardships, um, and so in the Quran, we see how God, like, number one, acknowledges, their pain and their suffering Mm -hmm. and just and she was saying you know just that acknowledgement is so healing in and of itself you know like there's such a difference when you go to someone and and, you know let's say you're ranting about something and they they just don't understand they disregard it versus when you go to someone and they just you know they tell you even if I don't necessarily understand or relate to what you're going through like 
I acknowledge that you're suffering. Yeah. I acknowledge your pain. And God does that for all these prophets throughout the Quran. And then just seeing the kind of stuff that they went through, right? It's like, it's so crazy because all of these prophets, they've gone through things that we can relate to, to an extent. So in a way, it's like, again, to reaffirm the fact that just because they were going through sickness or whether it was physical or mental or just, you know, whatever hardship, grief, um, God was always there to reassure them and, and to acknowledge their pain and then to help them heal. And so yeah. you see that it's not like faith determines your your mental health state, I guess, was where I was kind of going with that. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, I guess that's another beautiful thing about Islam, right? Like, like the prophets who were like the best people on this planet that were like you know literal like messengers of gods or what of god or whatever um they like we can relate to them yeah like how beautiful is that you know they some of them spoke to god other ones you know got revelations from god like it's just so beautiful that everything in islam is relatable you can always apply whatever story or whatever concept it is to your life somehow even if it differs a little bit yeah i think that's that's the that's the whole point right because in life, like, we're all going to be tested, you know, like, this life is a test, Mm -hmm. and so if we're just left on our own, like, there's no way for us to actually, like, deal with that, you know, so just knowing that people can relate to you in, like, everyday life helps you feel better, but then knowing that, like, you can relate to prophets, like, people who are just the best of the best, like Mm -hmm. you said, like, God's men, like, God's messengers, like, literally, um, and I think, something else that's that I was reading and it was really powerful because I mean I had never really thought about it like that was um Yasmin Mugahed was basically saying she was like a lot of people go throughout their life and they think that when they're tested it's like they have to go through it on their own yeah you know they're like I have to just be patient and we do believe that patience is a virtue in Islam it's a very important virtue to have but patience doesn't mean that you harden yourself on the outside you harden your heart and you just have no emotion and you just try to like get through it you know patience is is like a very non-linear process of essentially just like you know you can you can be very emotional and actually it's 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 important to have a soft heart because when you have god in your life your heart is is soft right it's not hard and so it's not like you just have to like harden up and just be a man or whatever they like to say right it's like so important to actually soften your heart and to call out to god and to have emotions and to seek help from other places you know being patient doesn't mean that you handle it on your own it's like what can i do to take action to help myself Mm -hmm. also um but the analogy that she gave in the book was um you know when you're like in school for example and you're given an exam your teacher or your professor is is meant to give you the exam and then walk away, right? You're not allowed to really, like, ask for help from Mm -hmm. the, from the professor, from the teacher. The teacher isn't really allowed to help you in any way. Like, you are on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, but God's tests are not like that. You know, he tests you, but he tests you for the purpose, for many purposes, right? But to bring you closer to him is one of them. Yes. And so he wants you to ask him for help. Otherwise, what's the point of the test? It's to strengthen you. It's to bring you closer to God. Mm-hmm. And it's to make you sometimes realize things about yourself that you had you would have never known before. Mm-hmm. So the test, there's always a reason behind it. And sorry, before you talk, there's mm-hmm. one more thing that I recently read and I was like, that is so powerful. But 
especially for someone like me who when I'm going through something it feels like it's so so huge and like so like the end of the world Mm -hmm. um she was saying how we are so humans obviously we're creation right we're creation from God and she was like remember when you're going through a hardship that that hardship is also a creation yeah and I feel like I've never thought of it right and it's like it makes you realize how minor it can be in a way like I'm not saying obviously that severe hardships are minor but it's it's been it's something that's been created you know what I mean so it doesn't feel like it's like this huge thing anymore it kind Mm -hmm. of feels like it's somewhat more manageable I guess I've never thought of it that way. Right, that's what like, I'm saying. I like that a lot. Okay, so I have a few things to say to that. So you were talking about like when you call out to God, and I think this definitely ties into our dua episode. Yes. But in one of the surahs in the Quran, I believe it's Surah Maryam, they were talking about um, God was talking about how like you should like perform like dua or like calling out to Him, and part of that is like kind of like gaining sympathy, almost like explaining your issue, like just like pouring your heart out, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's part of having a soft heart is just like being vulnerable in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think being vulnerable is something that I've definitely learned over the years. Um, um, So that's one thing. And then another thing, you were talking about that analogy. And I was actually going to bring up that analogy, but I did not... You said Yasmin, go ahead. Yes. I heard it from Yasir Qazi. Really? Um, So there was an episode, so I was reorganizing the kitchen. Um, and so I'm always listening to podcasts when I do that. And he had this episode about, like, death and the grave and, like, grief, essentially. And honestly, I'm that type of person that I don't like to necessarily confront, like, that um, particular topic just because it's very sensitive to me. Like, reading this book, A Temporary Gift, definitely has helped me out a lot. But, like, at the same time, um, there are some areas where I just can't read it just because, yeah. like, um, it definitely is, like, almost triggering for me. But this episode, it was very beautiful. And this is a concept that... I like the concept of the grave and like the hereafter and stuff like it was terrifying to me at first and maybe really sad but the way he described it he was talking about the questions in the grave essentially mm-hmm. and he used that same analogy he's like God has given you the answer for all of those questions yes. that you're going to be asked for in the grave but yes. but it's not questions of the mind it's questions of the heart and soul your heart and soul are going to be answering those questions not your yes. mind you can know the answer but the thing that's going to be speaking is your heart and your soul. What did you do? And with what the you believe. How did yeah. you live out those answers? How did you live that out? And I think that's a big part of it. It's like when you're going through hardship, when you're going through trials, you have to make sure your heart is soft. You have to make sure that you don't turn away from God and you don't blame it on God. Because at the end of the day, when you are put in that grave and you're asked those questions, right? Your mind is not going to be answering. It's your actions and what you did and what you truly believed. You know, and that to me, like makes the concept of grief and the concept of hardship so much easier to actually approach because I sat there for a second and I was like wow like that's beautiful now I'm gonna do everything in my power to truly put my belief in God into every single thing that I do into action so that way when I go down into the grave and I'm asked those questions I'm answering them correctly because my mind and my heart actually believes it rather than my mind you know yeah and he was also talking about the things that you do in this life, the things that you do for people and what people call you. Do people call you generous? Do people call you this and that? All of these beautiful names, that's what you're going to be called as you're ascending to heaven. Right. And I sat there and I thought about all the people. I'm going to cry. I thought about all the people that I've like that have lost. And I was like, all of the beautiful names that I remember calling them. And I hope that they were called by those names. And so just hearing that concept in general and the beauty of death in Islam has helped me out tremendously. Like just realizing that 
through, even through the most difficult thing of losing someone, there is so much beauty in it because Islam, God makes sure makes makes sure everything is peaceful in the end. You know. Dang. Are you gonna cry? <laughs> no, but that's so crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been waiting wow. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. I think. Um, yeah. Wow. That's that's really powerful. I was dang, I'm like a little speechless now. I was speechless when I first heard it. Too. Yeah. Like, that's wow. really crazy because when I was reading that book, A Temporary Gift, it was like a really hard read for me. It's mm-hmm. definitely not like, it's not like Yasmin Mugahed's book, which are books which are just filled with a lot of I feel like more of the like optimistic side yeah yeah. right but it really brought in that that harder to face truth Mm -hmm. right and so it was it was definitely a very difficult read but when I came across that part about um when you're being ascended into the into heaven into the heavens or to God Mm -hmm. and you're being called I had never heard of that before personally so I didn't even know that was like an actual like thing but um but yeah, that's it's really it's really powerful. Yeah, <laughs> Dang. Okay, we went into a little bit. We of went a into tangent, tangent, but like what I what I was trying to get at um, through a lengthy explanation is that you know there are so many concepts in Islam designed to help you get through even the hardest of hardships. Yes. You know, so now I guess I could turn this to you. Like, is there a specific concept in Islam or a specific ayah or whatever it is hadith that you turn to that helps you get through something? Okay, yes, I actually do have um, quite a lot. But before I go into that, you were ta- when you were talking, uh-huh. you said something about, you know, when you're in the grave, like your heart and your soul are answering mm-hmm. those questions for you. And there is an ayah in the Quran which essentially says that, you know, people who are not Muslim, right, they are not, and this is like a really rough translation, but they're not, it's not their eyes that are blind to the truth, but it's mm-hmm. their hearts that are blind to the truth. Yeah. And it's so crazy when you when you think about it that way because it's like, you, you know, you see all these people in life who are so exposed to Islam or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have friends or whatever, like they know about what Islam preaches. They know what these people are practicing, um, but it's their hearts that are that are blind to that truth. And it's not it's not their um, it's not their their eyesight. It's not like you're blind eyesight wise. It's that your heart is essentially blind to the truth. Yeah. And so I feel like I've been finding myself making the prayer a lot to god to like open people's hearts Hearts. to islam um especially those people that have that exposure or that are just so close and they just need like a little push yeah um and then you also mentioned you know when you're going through a hardship just to kind of bring it back to the topic itself um you said you know don't ever blame god and that's something that's so important so it's so so crucial to have what's called in arabic like which is essentially like always having a positive opinion of God. So even when you're going through those hardships, you have to like remember that there is a purpose, there is a reason, um, and you can complain to God all you want about your hardships, but you should never complain about him. Or blame it on him. Or blame it on him, right? And that's, I think, that's also a really important concept to um, remember in Islam, like your hardships are never for no reason. And instead, of course, like this takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of patience. And it's not something that I feel like a lot of people can just do automatically mm-hmm. when they're faced with an adversity. Like I for sure can't. I feel like I have to like, once time. I calm down, I'm like, okay, now I can think reasonably. Yes. Um, but you just have to remember like always that there is a purpose. There is a reason. Um, and to answer your question about, is there a, a particular like, um, you know, saying of the prophet or, you know, verse, I have plenty of verses, um, 
one of them I think is um, in Ayatul Kursi. God, or sorry, not Ayatul Kursi. It's the last two ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah. God says, um, "We like do not burden a soul beyond what it can bear." Yes, I love that ayah. Um, so I think that was something that helped me get through a lot of stuff like a few years ago like it was one thing that I was just like always remembering is that if you're being tested with something it's only because God knows that you can get through it and Mm -hmm. so for me it was like if I'm doubting my ability to get through a particular time in my life but God is testing me with it that means that he knows Mm -hmm. I can get out of it so who am I to like doubt that trust you know what I mean so that's a huge one um yeah so just I think every time it's like if if God didn't think I could handle this, he wouldn't have tested me with it. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really big one. And then um, there is also one towards the very end of the Quran in Surah Al-Duha, which God says, um, So basically that just means that you're, you know, God is going to give you and you will be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a like, it's it just brings you so much hope. Like, yeah. even if you're going through something like, God promises that he's going to give you and that you will be satisfied. And so again, like, who are you to doubt that promise? Um, Because God's promises are always true. Um, There's so many more. There's (laughs) just like so many that remind you to have faith in God. I love, this is really weird, but um, Surah Al-Talaq has become one of my favorite suad over the past few years. It's literally a chapter on divorce. Um, But it's just, there's so many hopeful verses. um, And... Yeah, it's just it goes on um but essentially like whoever places their full trust in god then god will be sufficient for him mm-hmm. and he'll provide him from you know sources that he could never have never imagined and whoever puts their trust in god then he will again i guess like be sufficient for him mm-hmm. um and then later on in the surah you know in the chapter he says um and whoever places their trust in God, then uh, God will ease his situation for him, mm-hmm. essentially. So that's been a really big one that I like to um, just, like, remind myself of when I just need to be like, okay, even if it is hard right now, like, I have to remember to put my trust in God. Mm-hmm. And then, again, there's a lot, but I'm just going to go one more um, hadith or saying of the prophet. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but essentially in English, again, a really rough translation um, essentially a prophet, peace be upon him, said that, like, he said, I'm amazed by the affair of the believer. Um, if something good happens for him, then he is thankful, so it's good for him. Mm-hmm. If something bad happens for him, then he's patient, um, so it's also good for him, yes. essentially. So I guess that just goes to show that genuinely, like, if you're really living your life in the light of faith and in the light of Islam, then nothing is ever truly bad you know like yes of course we go through things and of course especially with things like grief like it's not again like you said something that you can just get over yeah but it's not inherently in its nature bad because it it just depends on your perception of the situation you can perceive something to be horrible and it just destroys your whole life because of that but you know instead you can you can view something and like you said look at the beautiful side of it Mm -hmm. um and it becomes good for you in that way to bring you closer to god to help you in in your worship even to help with a, a loved one that's, you know, in the yeah. grave, because you can, if you pray, if you pray for them, like, you're helping them, essentially, yeah. so, um, those are a few of my top ones, I'm, I feel like I'll think of some as you talk, probably, but, yeah, what are yours? <laughs> um, well, you did mention quite a few of mine, um, there's this one ayah from Surah Tawbah, 
Um, and it's basically saying, rough translation, that um, he will mend the heart of the believers. And I recently stumbled upon that ayah, and I found it so beautiful. And all of these ayahs, in the end, they're all, like, promises yeah. from God. And that's something I was talking to Zemaya about the other day. Like, it never really hit me that throughout the entire Quran, God is making promises to us the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, like, how beautiful is that? You know, you can take a promise from a person here and not know if it's going to be fulfilled or not. But a promise from God, as long as you do your part, inshallah, God willing, it's going to get fulfilled. And I feel like that's something so beautiful. And it really just, it makes you more hopeful that, like, he promises you, if you're just patient, you're going to get out of this. He promises you that he will mend your heart if you're a believer. The list goes on and on. He promises you that whatever it's going to be, it's going to be sufficient for you. Yes. Um, And so realizing that God is constantly making us promises and then you seeing those promises actually being played into your life where you realize it doesn't it's not as horrible as you think it is mm-hmm. and it actually helped you out in the end um is very beautiful to me yeah and, and I sorry I was no, you're fine. talking to you and, and a couple I feel like a couple other people about this um and you were talking about like the promises and stuff I was like going through a d- bunch of different verses in the Quran and I realized that every time God talks about the, you know, the believers in heaven, he always says that those who believe and do good, we will give them heaven. Mm-hmm. It's never like, they might go to heaven. It's never, maybe we'll put them in heaven. It's always, it's they will go to heaven. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that's so hopeful too throughout the Quran is like, if you, again, believe and do good, and that's this is something that's so important too, is like, you can't just believe. It has mm-hmm. to be like, belief and then you have that belief has to power your actions yes um so and that's why and this kind of ties into like a couple other episodes but that's why like when people talk about terrorism and muslim (laughs) terrorism it's like okay maybe those people say that they're muslim but if their actions aren't reflecting that like how are you going to say that they're muslim and so the opposite is also true if you're a believer you have to do good um with that with that belief so actually, you got me thinking, and this is this may or may not be a tangent, but I saw this post, um, and it was something along the lines of like, when you see someone's true akhlaq or their true like characteristics slash mannerisms, um, when they're angry, mm. and I was thinking about it, and I was like, that's really true. Like if you genuinely, you know. B- believe that you're a patient person, genuinely believe that you're a kind person, genuinely believe that you're a true believer in those moments when you're most angry, when like shaitan or Satan is like filling your head, like the devil's just like constantly throwing things at you. If you stand true by what you believe and you act appropriately, then it really does show how true of a believer that you are. And so I'm going to bring up a really funny story that just happened recently. <clears throat> so my, I think you know where I'm going with this, but so we were out and about, um, in downtown, and there was this man that came up to us out of nowhere. And you could tell his heart was just so filled with hate and probably drugs. Um, I'm just being honest. Um, and he came up to my dad and just started screaming at him and yelling the most horrible, like, like heinous things that you could possibly say to somebody. And just, like, kept going on and on and on. And, like, we're out with our entire family. Like, there are children present. My dad did not throw a single curse word at this man. He did not... Like he did not like become just as bad as this guy was that was speaking to him and getting all up in his face. Exactly, that's the word I was thinking of. Stoop. He did not stoop down to his level, and that reminded me of that post that I saw. It's like in those moments where you're extremely angry or you're being like targeted almost, and like someone's like they're saying the most like racist things to you that you could possibly say. You hold your characteristics. You hold what you truly believe, and you know that you have to be the better person at the end of the day. 
that that really just comes to show like how true belief is manifested into your actions you know and I was t my brother he was like you should have you should have been more aggressive with him my dad was like no you be the better person you always be the better person it doesn't matter how angry you are you should always be the better person and I feel like that shows um belief of the mind versus belief of the heart you know like when your mind yes. is clouded when you're angry but your heart is showing the actions like your your actions are being like re represented by your heart rather than your mind mm -hmm. it really shows the true type of person that you are yes you know and that this that that's the same thing when it comes to hardships right when you're going through something are you just going to give up on god mm. you know when your mind is clouded with all these thoughts and you're overthinking and you're just filled with anxiety or god knows what it is um are you just going to give up on him or is your heart going to be the one speaking, you know? And I think that's so interesting because I don't know what I was reading. It might have been like something on Instagram or something somewhere. But it's like when we're going through something, a lot of people just tend to be like, where's God? Like, why yeah. isn't he helping me? And that that essentially is, is the fact that you closed the door to God, but mm -hmm. he never like closed that door on you. You chose you know to do I mean? that yeah, to yourself. you chose to close that door. You yes. chose to like focus your attention elsewhere and that's something that again a lot of people tend to do is um and I feel like we can all be guilty of this to some you know extent even if it's just very minor but when you're going through something you tend to look for like simple quick fixes mm -hmm. or like just like quote-unquote like sedatives right like people turn to like drugs and alcohol just to like get their minds off of things or um, you know, you might turn to just like, even if it's something as minor as like listening to music or just like yeah. trying to distract yourself. And again, it's not necessarily bad, but it's like those things are never going to fix the source of your hardship. Only, yeah. again, only God can really do that. You know, only you turning to God really ever fixes the root cause of the problem. Yeah. Um, so it's so important, I think, also to recognize that like no matter how many quick fixes you get, it's never going to might make you feel temporarily better but at the end of the day the problem is still there you yeah know, that's like putting a band-aid on like a gunshot wound which is <laughs> like, stupid you know what all, i mean yeah. and so again it just goes back to like if you feel like god isn't helping you through a hardship or through any point in your life it's because you closed that door not because he did mm -hmm. um and that reminded me of another saying of the prophet peace be upon him um he said that God essentially says, like, I am as my servant thinks of me. Yeah. So, and it goes on to, like, describe, and I honestly don't know it off the top of my head. Um, but it's like, if you have a positive opinion of God, then he's he's going to have a positive opinion of you. If you remember yeah. God, he remembers you. It's like, it's like such a beautiful just, you know, again, it just it's a reassurance. That's what the Quran is all about. It's all about reassuring reassuring you and guiding you rather than punishments and rules. And I feel like that's something that's tends to be um miscommunicated misunderstood with a lot of people that aren't educated about the quran it's like okay yes there are rules there are guidelines but they're there for a reason but if for whatever you, reason you slip up that's okay you know why because god has a solution for you you just have to ask for it you just have to look for it yes and that's something that's that's also really really beautiful is like god even tells us that his mercy far outweighs his his wrath, right? Yes. Because of course, like there is, it's it, there is two sides, right? There are people that you know will do good, and you know they'll be in heaven, but there are people that are going to be eternally punished as well. Yeah. For being blind to the message, and and you know whatever. Um, but you have to. I think you really have to like consciously look for that mercy, and and it's not even that it takes that much effort because it's all around you. There are signs of him everywhere, and I feel like that's. 
what people tend to ignore and I, I that's something I can never grasp my mind or like how can you ignore that God is surrounding you at all times because it's yeah. it's there everywhere you go like you step outside and you see it you you use your mind and you see it like the way that our bodies function the way that yes. our hearts are constantly be- beating yes. there are so many proof there's so many like things that prove that God exists and that he is constantly surrounding you there's um um my mercy encompasses all things yes is another a that I really absolutely love you know so just just constantly remembering that God is always there. You just have to actually look for it. And you know? take the steps to seek it too. To yeah. seek him and his and his um and his message and all of his again, all of his signs, it's like a lot of the time and I think we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but a lot of the times it's like, you know, we always ask God for signs. Yeah. Um, but we have to be the ones to open our eyes and look all around us. Cause I feel like a lot of, uh, when we, when we ask for signs or whatnot, we're looking, we're, we're, we always like want this like huge, like miracle thing. We want to a happen. dream guys. Right. Like, yeah, like that's, that is something that people look for. It's like, they're expecting some like huge something to manifest, but, yeah. um, and sometimes maybe it'll come in that form, but other times you just have to open your eyes and look around you. And it's just like, that's this is all the the proof that you need like it mm-hmm. just i guess it boggles my mind how people are just like science you know and does I don't everything quite and, and the that, thing is yeah. the thing is though science is real it's a thing but islam predicted everything that science now knows There's, you know what i mean yeah like and i find that really interesting because like in christianity for example like science and religion did not go hand in hand at what point you know, I was yeah, taking AP Yeah, the church was, like, against everything. Exactly. Yeah. I was taking AP and, like, you're talking about how, like, all of these scientific, like, revelations were, like, being found and, like, people were discovering things. But, like, the church and, like, just everything in general just completely against it. Like, it was completely different. Very separated. It's very church separated. State, right. Was, exactly. Yeah. But Islam ties everything together. Science goes hand in hand with Islam. There are books on it. There's, there's so many things upon it. And, like, or just everything in general, there's, like, like laws tie in with Islam. It's not church and state. Yeah. Know? And I think that's something so beautiful. Like we're constantly saying it's a lifestyle and it really is because it because it encompasses everything. Um and you mentioned how like whenever we ask God for a sign we're expecting something like totally miraculous to happen. Um and that reminded me of another Instagram post. My entire Instagram is filled with like quotes and posts, I swear it's kinda of boring. Um for <laughs> most people, but I, I really enjoy it and I find it really insightful. But besides the point, it was talking about like if you ask God for a particular skill or a particular thing or a sign, he's going to give you opportunities to like kinda like snatch pursue. it. Pursue yeah. it exactly. Rather than just like straight up hand it to you. So this entire time we're focused on like whether or not we're gonna get a dream or we're just gonna get a gut feeling. But sometimes it's just situations that he's placing us in. You know? And we're too blind to see it. Exactly. You know? And so you just have to make sure that like I'm always asking God to like open my eyes and my heart, you know? Yes. I wanna be able to see I don't want to be blind to something he's putting right in front of me and then years later I look back and like, oh my God, it was right there that entire time, you know? So I just find that really interesting. I think I really like that too. Because again, like it just just goes to show that when you ask for something, it's not being denied to you. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of the time it's, it's again, like it's really just right there and we just have to be able to see it. Um, I guess we are, yeah, we've been talking for kind of a while. So I wanted to kind of go into like, what are some tips, I guess, that we have with when it comes to hardships and stuff like that. I know that I have a couple just off the top of my head. Um, Mm -hmm. Number one, again, courtesy of this book, Healing the Emptiness. Um, She was talking about something and I know like the first time that I read it and the first time I was telling a seed about it, it was kind of like, whoa, like that's really crazy. But 
Um, essentially, it's this idea of building your spiritual immune system. Yes. Um, so just like the immune system in our bodies, right, functions, and it's amazing how it functions, but we have to be able to, like, feed our bodies the proper mm-hmm. things um, and expose them to the proper environments for our immune system to really work optimally. Mm-hmm. And in that way, especially as Muslims, we have to be able to build a spiritual immune system um, during our times of ease so that worshiping God in times of hardship is very natural. Yeah. Um, and so essentially you build that spiritual immune system by your prayers and your worship. And like as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, m- most people tend to call out to God in times of like despair and just like they're just like utterly destroyed and they just need like they just need God and they feel it, you know, they feel it when they're in those moments and they feel so empty. Um, and in the Quran countless times, God always, always brings up the example of people who call upon him during these like deepest, darkest times. And then when he helps them, when he relieves them of this pain or this affliction, they, they don't just leave or turn their backs to God, but they think it's from them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's so important to make sure that in your times of ease, you are consciously still keeping up with a particular routine you're you're constantly in the remembrance of god so that you build that spiritual immune system so that it fights for you when you're in those times of just despair and hurt and whatnot um because if you're able to practice during times of ease then you know your conscious natural response during a time of hardship is like let me go to god yeah um so that's a really big one um and then the second one that i would say is come up with a list kind of like me and Issy have talked about of certain verses or sayings of the prophet peace be upon him um that really help you during these times Mm -hmm. of hardship like things that you know to refer to even if it's not like a physical list um just know like because I feel like when I'm it depends on what I'm feeling you know like I know like if I'm feeling you know sad about something like I will go to this verse or if I'm feeling like I need some hope it's like these few verses or whatever it might be um it's so important to kind of like have that list um just so that again like you don't fall into any sort of you don't you don't stray you Mm -hmm. don't turn away um and this is again kind of unrelated but a few weeks ago um Essie and I were we were recording a podcast episode and right after that we decided to put together a list of certain verses that um we were like the verses that we refer to often are mm-hmm. just stuff like that. And this is like one of those times when you just really feel like nothing is a coincidence in your life. Like yeah. it's so crazy. So we have these verses, right? And we know them, but this was the first time like I had ever personally written them physically down mm-hmm. on like in a list on my phone. And you know, like I'm, you know, great. Like I can benefit from it. I can like, you know, always go back to it. But the crazy thing was that like right after that, people benefited from it and I just had no idea that it was you know gonna happen so it was like someone was asking me about certain like advice verses in the Quran and so I was making the list for the purpose of sending it to them and then the very next day someone else I was talking to someone else and she had been going through something of her own and I was trying to just like make sure that she still has like that faith in God and that she's like remembers I was Mm -hmm. just trying to give her like Islamic advice and I remembered this list and I was like Oh my god, like this is so crazy. I never write it down, but just yesterday I wrote it down and like now you can benefit from it too. So it just goes to show you that 
just those like really small things that just like really just you're just like wow like this is so crazy yeah um but yeah that's one of them and then my last one before I, I shut up is um just remember that even if you take the most minor step towards God or if you're even in the saying of the prophet peace upon him says even if you're crawling like God comes to you running yeah um so I think just really remembering that and and believing it it's so important to believe it too mm-hmm. um those are a few of my tips Okay, well, let me say, first of all, you didn't need to shut up. You had a lot of really great points. And when you first told me about that spiritual immune system thing, I remember we were, she told me that during, like, the old recording of this episode, of this friendship yes. episode. <laughs> and I remember being, like, absolutely speechless. I was like, I've never thought of it that way. Like, right. I might have implemented it into my life, not as, but, like, thinking of it that way really, like, forced me, like, even when I'm feeling absolutely perfect, like, there's nothing wrong, nothing stressing me out, I really try to, like, consciously remember that sort of analogy, and then another thing, you were talking about how, like, it was just so random that you decided to come up with, like, that list of, like, ayahs and and quotes, and then it turns out somebody else needed it that very next day, Yeah. and so um, crazy. It really was. It and still gives me like goosebumps every time I think about it. I'm well, like, it was oh. just like a gut feeling that you had. It was just like a random instinct that you had to do. And it reminds me of like, what, you know, like whenever you're reading a book and like a character might do, do something completely random, but then like towards the end of the book, you realize, you realize like, oh my goodness, like it's so great that they did that because yes. this happened and this happened and this happened. Well, I saw this quote and now I basically like live by it. It's like, be patient because your story is being written by the best of writers. Yes. And I was like, wow, because that's so true, you know? There are so many hardships that we're going through and so many situations that might not make sense right now, but be patient because you know what? It's all going to tie in together. And everyone's stories are different. You know, Samaya and I, we relate a lot. But when it comes to hardships, you know, there are a lot of things that we don't necessarily relate on, and that's perfectly okay. Just being someone that is willing to listen to others when they're going through something that you might not not necessarily understand and vice versa, um not only helps you sort of get a better perspective of what other people are going through, it also helps them feel like, wow, there's actually someone willing to listen to me. Um, and then your last point, what was it about again? Um, the, like, saying of, you know, when you when you take a step towards God, he comes. Oh, yeah. If you walk to God, he comes to you running, essentially. That brings me back to the whole promises thing. God is always promising us, especially when it comes to hardship. He promises you, like, I will be there for you. You just, like, so remember me, I remember you, you know? Yes. And that's just, that's a concept that I tried to keep in my mind as much as possible, like, constantly remembering God because he's going to remember you and he's going to help you get through at the end of the day. I think something that's so important um, is, again, to recognize, and this is, I guess, another tip, that failures are not necessarily failures. And Mm -hmm. that's something we did mention in our first Insights episode. Yes. Um, First and only as of now, but we will be getting more of those, hopefully. Um, Yeah, so I think something that really gets me through a lot of the time is when I, you know, when I, if I quote unquote failed at something, I try to really consciously remind myself of the fact that I'm exactly where Where God planned for me to be. So is it really a failure at Mm -hmm. all? No, you know what I mean? And I think when you, when you shift again, it's all about shifting your perspective. When you shift your perspective, and you think about it like that, it's like, okay, well, then it, I didn't fail. You know, maybe I yeah. didn't do what I wanted to. I didn't meet that standard. I didn't meet that caliber. It but at the same time, me. it wasn't meant for me, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So um, that's another tip that I would always say is just, again, shift your perspective and realize that even if you're going through a hardship and you feel like it was due to a failure, yeah, 
God, again, God is the best of writers. He's the best of planners. And he planned for you to be exactly where you are in that given moment. So you're not really failing. Yeah. Um, and something else that this book, Killing the Emptiness, really like opened my eyes to um, is the fact that like Isid was saying, like, God gives us the tools to get through the hardships that we have. Mm -hmm. We can't rely on ourselves. Yeah. And that's, again, that, that right back to that whole, like, professor analogy. Yes. Um, if we rely on ourselves, like, we are just never going to be even, even be able to live, right? Mm -hmm. So God, when he tests us, he wants us to come to him with all of our flaws, and he wants to be able to help us because, again, like, he is the flawless one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, God doesn't just leave you. He wants you to come to him, and he wants to be able to, to, to help you heal as a result. Um, so, another tip is don't ever rely on yourself. Like, you do what you can. Don't like, that you, you can have do it to, Yeah, you have to take those actions to help yourself if there are actions available. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to remember that um, at the end of the day, like, you have to put your full trust and reliance on God. Yeah. Um, and then my last point for now, I guess, I don't know if I'm going to say anything else, but um, bend, but don't break. I yeah. think that's a really huge thing. Like when people say like, oh, I'm broken. I'm always just like, but you're not like, you might feel that way, but especially if you are like a believer and stuff, like you're not breaking. If you're going to God, you, you might bend, you might be mm -hmm. really close to snapping, but at the same time, like, you and this is something and that this book has really helped me realize is that even when you feel like you've you've broken and you're healing right you become like even more beautiful mm -hmm. at those cracks you yeah. know what i mean like it's just so important to think like that okay so there is this one thing that you told me um and it kind of, it kind of ties into what you were talking about you told me this a couple days ago and i was like i was like shook you were like the pen has been lifted and the ink has been dried. Mm. And I that, like, shifting into the perspective of, like, God has you where you want to be, like you were saying earlier, um, thinking of it that way, like, halas, it's already written down, you know? It's yeah. already it's already there, you know? So just trust the process. And I think that's something, like, I talked about this concept, like, a couple episodes ago, but, like, you can't necessarily control it. You can't necessarily rely on yourself completely. But just trust God. Yes. Because, you know, the opposite of control is trust. Yes. trust God and I feel like that's something ever since I was told that I've been just my perspective has changed completely and find the beauty of the situations even if it's like just like the worst thing possible and the like you don't think that you can get through know that you can and go out and seek like guidance in those specific areas like I was not well informed about grief and stuff mainly because I chose to ignore it but as soon as I actually started listening to things and started to read things about it I was like wow there is so much beauty in the concept of death in Islam like I found it really weird how like like native <laughs> this lady came to speak to us at one of our clubs and she was like Native American and one of the questions like what's a tradition in your um culture I suppose that you find beautiful and she was talking about death and I was like what do you find death beautiful I don't mm. get it and so that actually made me go out and look into like, how Islam perceives death, and now I'm like, it's actually a very beautiful thing, you know, so whatever that situation may be, whatever hardship you're going through, try to go out and research and educate yourself about it, and try to find the beauty of it, because there's always beauty in Islam, you yeah, know? like, the silver lining, yeah, there always are, like, you can choose to, again, like, ignore them, but if mm -hmm. you look for them, like, they're there, and that's something yeah. that is so, because I feel like, you know, like we said, like, not no situation is 
all good or all bad. Like yes. you're if even if you're going through something that you're perceiving as negative or bad, it's like okay, well, I still have my health. I still have my mm-hmm. family. There's always there's always good to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my last point is just find your community of people. Find find those those you know that company that really makes you feel better. Find those people that help you. And I and it's something else because. I know, especially, Sadie used to tell me this a lot, like, every time that she would be going through something, she didn't want to, like, talk about it or whatever, because she didn't want to, like, quote-unquote, feel like a burden. And I, I so yeah, many people, it's not even just you, like, so many people say that. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're not a burden. I think remembering that, too, like, just on a very, like, basic human, like, level, like, you're not burdening people. And, yeah. like, talk to people. I just feel like it's so, as, as like, being, like, a receiver on that end, it's mm-hmm. so, so, like just very comforting in a weird way to when people come and talk to you about things. You feel like, wow, you, you actually trust me. Not and... a, yeah, like, I can be of help. Like, I was yeah. chosen to be put in this situation to help somebody. Yeah. So, like, reach out to people and find your community of people and mm-hmm. be in their remembrance of God all the time. And then, like, if it's, like, serious, like, go to therapy. Like, that kind of stuff is not taboo. It's not weird. It's, it's not. not, like... It's not like a stigma. Like I don't know. I just think that you know you have this this Find body and, and you need it. yeah. And in Islam, we believe that like you your your body your, is, is um, an amana like a trust from God to mm-hmm. you. Um. So and that was something that I had to like really learn. Like I do need to be like taking care of myself yeah. like inside and out. Um. Your body is really a trust, and so you know yeah. Take care of it. Take care of yourself. I I just have one more point I wanted to say earlier, but you were talking about broken pieces. And it reminded me, my cousin actually told me about this. It reminds me of this, like, Japanese concept where I don't remember the name of it. I don't even know the name of it. But essentially, whenever something is broken, they'll fix it with gold. Yes. And so she literally has a hoodie with a, and my entire family always, like, like not necessarily, like, like makes fun, but like teases her, like you have a hoodie of a broken heart, and she explained it. She's like, actually, it's not a broken heart. It's a broken heart, yes, but it's it's been um, repaired and it's even more beautiful than before because now it's filled with gold. Yeah. And I remember thinking about that. And I was like, how beautiful is that? You know, taking something that like your heart, which is you know something so precious to you or whatever it may be, and not thinking like, oh my god, the situation is just completely hopeless. Taking something even more beautiful and, and nurturing nurturing it. Strengthening it. And, and in the end, it, it's whole again, and it's even more beautiful than before. So in my eyes, that gold is the remembrance of God. Feel yes. it with the remembrance of God, you know? And he will heal you. He you will know, take care of you. Do you know the concept of, like, yeah, you know the name? Was, What's I don't the name? know the name, but it was, like, in the book. That's why I was... So, like, if someone knows the name, please <laughs> just tell text us. it to us. <laughs> because I, I, I'm going to look it up after this. But anyway, that's just where I think we're going to end it, is, you know, fill your heart with that gold, you know? I and, love that. Yeah, just fill your heart with the gold, which is remembrance of God. And remembrance of God varies from person to person. I feel like that's something like we can be giving tips, but you might have other ones. So if you have any suggestions, please let us know. Um, yeah. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening.